Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to Scott Gatz. Scott is the CEO and founder of Q Digital, the media company behind Gay Cities, Into, Queer Tea, and LGBTQ Nation, which he founded 15 years ago. The digital outlet has become a trusted voice in the LGBTQ community, reaching more than 7.5 million visitors every month. Q Digital enables major brands such as HBO, Target, MasterCard, Lexus, and Stoli to connect on a personal and credible level through custom branded content, live events, promotions, sweepstakes, high impact display, advertising, and so much more. Scott's love of TV news led him to NBC News, Good Morning America, and Lifetime, while his passion for tech led to a 10-year career at Yahoo, where he led products including My Yahoo and Yahoo Search. Scott is a regular speaker at tech, publishing, and LGBTQ conferences, and has been interviewed by the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, CNBC, and local publications worldwide. Today, Scott and I are going to be chatting about how brands can better and more authentically connect with the LGBTQ plus community. We'll learn what works from Scott's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses are just missing the mark. Scott, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Well, so happy to be here. And that thank you for that lovely introduction. Makes me sound like I've been doing lots of things. You've been doing lots of things for, I'm going to say, for a long time in being able to harness. And you don't look like you're possibly been doing it for that long, if you all are watching the video. But you have been able to take all of your expertise and build it into a platform and media outlet that you are obviously very passionate about. How did you get here today? Well, ultimately, I mean, I've always, and like you said, I started in the TV news world and I found myself in time really at the intersection of media and tech. I always had a passion for technology, but really about getting the story out there, learning from people, telling their stories. At Yahoo, I was able to do that quite a bit. And after I left, I started Gay Cities. You know, I, I travel a lot and I found that there just wasn't a good place for folks to share where to go, where to stay, where to eat from LGBTQ perspective. Mm -hmm. So I just set out to do it myself. And little did I know that people would seem to like it. And eventually, you know, major advertisers, Hyatt was the first customer we had, advertising customer we had, who wanted to reach the community. And it was shortly after that, that I realized that maybe this is a really good business. And over the years, we've grown from gay cities. We added Queerty, LGBTQ Nation, and Into to our portfolio. And like you said, today we reach almost 8 million folks each and every month. And, you know, we're really just trying to help people live their lives to the fullest in any way that means, you know, as we fight for our rights, but also highlighting the best and most fun things. So what kind of job could be better? And I just kind of help myself into it, I suppose. And, and here we are. So when you were starting out and when back in the years of Yahoo, were you a writer? Was that something that you were doing? Were you producing content or were you more so managing the business? 
Yeah. At the beginning, I was a producer. I would write news copy and documentaries that we were producing. Loved it. That's what I set out to do, to go out, tell people stories, to digest information and share it with folks. So I learned how to write for TV, which is a unique kind of set of skills. But tech came calling. And when I was at Reuters, I kept on complaining. We had a video product that was actually one of the first online video products way before YouTube. And the video was just horrible. And you know, <laughs> YouTube today is so much better. And I'd complain about it. And I said to them, can you make it better? And can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? And they kind of looked at me and said, well, maybe that should be your job is to tell us how it should be. And before I knew it, I was in tech. And throughout Yahoo, I was able to lead teams to build amazing products like Yahoo Search and My Yahoo, which was a personalized start page and all sorts of products over the years. So I really became a product and business leader on the internet kind of by accident. And so when I set out to create this company, I got to do some of that stuff all over again. I actually got to write again and, and all of that, but I'm still the business leader. We have amazing editorial staff and folks that are a thousand times better than I ever was. But I have a feeling when you were first pursuing your passion, and I know this for me with the agency, with Hollywood Branded, before our team started writing and before we had it, you know, various contributors to our blog, I was doing the heavy lifting because it's my voice, my vision, and my message that I was trying to get across. And it's very hard until you establish that to be able to get other people to join that mission, join that voice. And you were able to do that because of your writing experience and because of your media and Yahoo and online. And you have a massive company now. Yeah, and you're really right. I mean, especially at the beginning of anything, you know, in some ways you do every job until the point where you're happy with it and people can help replicate it and do it repeatedly. And yeah, at the beginning, I got I was doing everything, and it's pretty amazing. Today, we have, gosh, twenty seven full time folks working on the company and doing ten times better than I ever did. But at least at the beginning, I had to get the ball rolling myself. I had to get the words typed out there and something mm -hmm. on content, and you know, see how Yahoo could help you. <laughs> Indeed, we all start with a blank page, right? Do you think working at Yahoo, working for a search engine actually gave you some insider tools and tricks that put you above others who might be trying to start a media outlet? I mean, yes, absolutely. Being able to build products at scale and, and a scale like Yahoo or Google or Facebook is huge. It's immense. You know, when you're talking hundreds of millions of users every single day, I mean, even the company I have now is just is dinky by comparison, mm -hmm. but that teaches you a set of skills and that teaches you also to listen and watch trends and pay attention to how people use products and what articles people read. And mm -hmm. you learn a lot. So I took all those skills and, and also I worked with them, some of the most amazing people I've ever met. And I took all those skills that they taught me and was able to put them into this business. And I'm so incredibly thankful for that. Oh, would you change anything today? You know, no. Obviously, there's there's good times and then there's bad times. And I wish some of the bad times wouldn't have happened or would have been smoother, or, you know, but how I got here was that way. And if any of those things had changed, you know, I might be in a very different place today. So it's kind of the, what's that theory about butterfly wings? The littlest change in the flapping of a butterfly's wings changes everything. Mm -hmm. I think I got to stick with that and say, you know, it was all meant to be.
And so how do you go out and about and just like say, I am going to create this media platform that is going to be focused on LGBTQ and I'm going to get it monetized. Like that's like the media outlet part. Okay. And you're writing, how did you figure out that piece of getting brands to say, wait a second, I'm interested in this. And you were doing so at a time while, you know, certainly, you know, this is not the dark ages on LGBTQ, but even 15 years ago, that was a very different time. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of closed doors and closets. Yeah, absolutely. And like any new industry or any new endeavor, you kind of kind of dig in what exists, what's there. So a little bit of research led me to finding out and especially I started in the travel space. So it was even a niche within a niche, right? And so I did as much research as I can. Well, who is courting the LGBTQ community right now? And where are they going to learn more? And I ended up finding conferences, travel marketing conferences, LGBTQ travel marketing conferences. So I went and actually got to meet some of the people that I had just been researching. I read a book, literally someone wrote a book, got to meet the guy who wrote the book, who much later in his career became the head of Philadelphia tourism. Sadly, he passed away last year, but he was one of my mentors. And the idea that I read his book and got to meet him. And then ultimately we got his business over the years, met people from American Airlines who were one of the earliest corporations reaching the LGBTQ community at these conferences and got them to do business. So I just kind of chased where the dollars were Mm -hmm. before trying to figure out how to introduce whole new brands to it. Now that we're bigger, we're able to go to a brand and say, you know, you haven't been in this market. Can we talk to you about how to get into it? It's an incredibly valuable market, over $3 trillion in global dollars spent. Can we introduce you to this? But we couldn't have done that day one. You know, we had to kind of build our way up little by little, step by step. And, you know, it's fantastic that you have this platform that can warmly introduce and bring in brands in a very authentic way, because the big pushback on anything, whenever we're looking at any cause, any individual, any point, brands and those leading those brands are always very scared about taking a misstep. And they have good intentions. Like we all come out of the world and wake up every morning saying, I want to do good. No one wakes up and it's like, I'm going to see how I can screw up today the best as possible and have all of the social universe come and attack me. But it's scary for some brands if they have not found this authentic way. You know, you're able to say American Airlines, you know, absolute. These are all brands who from very early days took a stance and, and celebrated with pride. But there's a lot of pushback now about brands who jump on bandwagons and who aren't really authentically there. How do you help them? Well, I mean, I think it all starts with, and especially in today's market, I mean, I think you've really raised, there's different expectations of consumers today than there were even 10, 15 years ago. 10, 15 years ago, you'd be celebrated for almost doing anything. Mm-hmm. And now people, you use the word authentic and that's exactly the right word. And in general, the, the younger folks, you know, Gen Z and young millennials about any cause want to know where do the corporations stand on the issues that matter to them, climate change, LGBTQ equality. You know, there's a set of them that they want to know where you stand. So doing something that aligns with your values is ultimately going to help you win. 
If it's not aligned with your values, like I'm not so sure about this, but there's money to be made, you're going to have a problem. And Mm -hmm. even just 10 years ago, you wouldn't have, you would have made money. But now people are looking a little bit deeper. So they're very suspect of somebody who just shows up in June for Pride Month. You know, if you're a local store, you throw out a rainbow flag or, you you know, you're John Varvatos, you print a t-shirt 30 days out of the year and then you're gone. These are problems, right? Then how is that showing your support for this community? What are you doing all the time? So one of the first things we tell people is, you know, be around all the time, make efforts, do something that is throughout the year. And then again, make sure your core values are aligned. Like if your company policies are very pro LGBTQ, or if you're a smaller organization, it's just something that you really care about, that will show. And everybody can make mistakes, but at the heart of it, folks will see it. It just kind of all works out somehow because of that. And do you think that because there's more awareness that there are so many different identities now that it's easier for brands to say, yes, indeed, I need to take my general marketing budget and carve out very specifically to support LGBTQ because they see the numbers now in conversations versus it used to be a very quiet conversation as far as who this really would target and impact. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really driven by younger folks. They have more language to put on who they are and are hearing it more in pop culture and are able to come out at younger ages and in greater numbers. The percentage of people under the age of 24 that say they're not straight, it's something like 40%. It's a huge number. Mm So that is providing a lot of space and freedom for brands to talk to them. And it's good business, right? When you start to talk about 40% of the population, there's some real numbers there as well. So, so, and I'm trying to, sorry, I lost track of your original question, but it's a growing and growing audience that I think there's a lot of opportunity there, but what was your, I missed your question. I don't know. I think I just rambled. That's all right. I lost my Me too. (laughs) That's all right. right. I'm so focused on like saying LGBTQ correctly, because for some reason that Q, when it's coming out of your mouth, it gets lost sometimes and falls off, right? Yes. So it's, it's a, a mouth and... And, and I'm lucky. Yeah, we have a website, LGBTQ Nation. So I have had to say that name so many times over the last, you know... A number of years that it's now flowing off my tongue, but now beginning to think about LGBTQ plus. Right. Adding and the that's plus usually what it. I say is the plus. Yeah. And then yeah. I think because I'm not adding plus, then it's yes. Yeah. Yeah. These are things like we're sitting here and we're joking here, but this is like a serious conversation. Like with a brand, do you say LGBTQ? Do you say LGBTQ plus? How do you actually reference it? How do you build your advertising? How do you tackle the conversation so that you're not offending a population a community that you don't want to offend. And it's risky and it's scary because again, you woke up that morning and you weren't planning on the social universe attacking you and at by identities and you made the wrong choice. Right. Well, that's a really good question. And you know, that conference that I told you about the what that I first started going to was run by an organization called Community Marketing and Insights. Mm-hmm. And I encourage you to check out their website. I think it's cmi.info, but you can look at community marketing insights, Google it. And they every year put out a survey they call it the LGBTQ community survey, where they ask this question specifically around terminology. What terminology is it okay for a brand to use when they want to market? 
market you. And over the years, the, the words have changed. Like it's, you know, gay friendly, gay and lesbian, LGBT, LGBTQ. Queer used to be a bad word. A like, queer used to be a bad word. And it's right. it's amazing to see it run. But they also break it out by age levels and genders as well. And it's interesting to see that queer is more popular with young folks, but amongst older folks, my age and older, it's you know still offensive because at the time we were all growing up. So then you realize that as a word, that's probably still not a great marketing word, mm-hmm. even though it's actually a very popular in the vernacular word. And so the data is terrific. And LGBTQ and LGBTQ plus have risen right to the top of the list. So you are absolutely safe in using those. And you can look at all the numbers and queers on there and, you know, gay friendly and all these different terms, and you can see where they're at and to make, you know, more informed business choices. But if you don't read the research, LGBTQ is totally fine. LGBTQ plus is too. Well, I think that Bravo and then Netflix with Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and then the revamp of Queer Eye has certainly helped normalize the word a lot and bring it into many more households too. Yeah. And I think people are beginning, you know, especially younger folks are, they're identifying differently and not necessarily falling into a specific bucket. Mm-hmm. And even the traditional LGBTQ buckets don't fit for some folks. And so, you know, sometimes you'll hear people joke about, well, how many letters is LGBTQ going to have? But in some ways, queer, the Q of LGBTQ can serve as that, you know, it really, it's a label, but it isn't a label. It is, it is, uh, you kind of fit and it fit into all sorts of different things without having to spell out every little last thing. So when you go forth and you're looking for new marketing partners, but you're also looking to be helpful and to provide a solution when they've never worked within the space before, how do you build out that framework? How do you bring them in and make it warm and friendly and comfortable for them to be embracing the space and embraced by others, more importantly? Right, right. You know, ultimately, we always do ask the first question about, their in-house policies. It's amazing that companies that have had real trouble with the LGBTQ community in their corporate policies, when they try to come and and say, well, we want, we're ready to market to this community. Our, our guidance is, well, let's work a little on your core policies. Like how are you treating your employees? And it's gotten a lot better since equal marriage, but before equal marriage, you know, when companies would not allow benefits to the partners of their LGBTQ employees. It's like, well, you need to fix that. And today the questions may shine about, there's a an equality index by HRC, the human rights campaign for large corporations. And they give you a score, one to 100. How are you doing on that if you're a big corporation? So that's a place to turn. But if you're smaller, it's actually in some ways a little bit easier. Maybe you know you already have the right perspective. And then you can really start to talk about marketing. And there it's about what type of message do you have? If you're putting out creative, you know, advertising creative, do you have LGBTQ specific creative? We've had plenty of brands, travel brands or anyone send us a picture of a man and a woman frolicking on a beach saying, come to our destination. And it's like, well, that's not going to work. So go out and shoot some creative if you've got an ad campaign that has pictures in it. And it Um, does not need to be a giant rainbow. Correct. It could be, you know, and you probably have a couple that works in your company or, you know, a set of friends. It doesn't have to be, they don't have to be models, but go shoot some stuff. If you don't have that, what about 
writing some branded content, whether you write it or if you come to a partner like us to talk about the things that matter in a way that makes sense for your brand. What are, you know, it's all marketing, right? So what are your brand pillars? What are the key messages you're trying to get across? But the way to build up that authenticity is not to just kind of step right in and be like, buy my product. You know, the first thing isn't buy, buy my product, but by the way, that's in marketing in general, right? It has nothing to do with the yeah. It's an end result that you are, is, the desire that you have is to hit sales. But right. before that, there's a whole road you need to drive down before you get to that final destination. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's the same one. So the road that we talk about, we'll just make sure you infuse it with an LGBTQ perspective. What is the take on the specific space? You know, we've had the privilege of working with Amtrak and it's train travel, like, right? There's there's no gay bar on a train, right? There's nothing, it's not an LGBTQ specific experience, but we did talk about, especially in the, like say in the Northeast corridor, people take the train between DC and, and New York and New York and Boston all the time. Like what if they took it for pride? You know, would you just kind of beat all the traffic and not have to deal with all the crowds? And so why not start to talk about that great pride events you can you can do? And of course, we're going to talk about train travel as an option. So finding kind of the creative way to start telling a story that isn't about the product, but is about the theme of your branding. And then with doing that, So it's an article or it's a video or it's any of the typical types of branded content that you might be making on any other platform that now you're just theming it to be LGBTQ supportive. Absolutely. You got it right. And remember that there's there's two audiences for it. You're speaking with the LGBTQ community, but also you're speaking with allies out in the world. You know, as I said, especially younger millennials and Gen Z folks feel very strongly that LGBTQ inclusion is something that every company, government, school, everything should embrace. So they'll see it too. And that has a secondary benefit. Even if you're just talking to the LGBTQ community, other people will notice as well. And that that shows your values well. And, and I guess we said it earlier, if it's not your values, which you know, it's not everybody feels the same way, don't market to the community. Put your heart and your passion where your heart and passion belong and not where, not where it isn't. It would be very abnormal to see certain fast food restaurants embracing, and it would not be authentic based on their practices and based on their gospel and what they preach. Correct. That is not an area they should be diving into unless they do want to wake up to a whole bevy of social media. (laughs) Or unless they're willing to change, but they've made that choice and they're not coming to us. and, And I understand that as a human being, I can have lots of arguments, but as a marketer, their marketing department should stay as far away from this community as possible. And I think they know where their heart is, so they will too. <laughs> so. so what are some of the mistakes? Besides that, what are some of the mistakes that people make? Well, I mean, anything. We talked about a little bit of a joke, but not really about sending creative that doesn't feature LGBTQ people. Another mistake is over-rainbowing it. You know, I think everybody's like, well, it's pride. I've got to pull out the rainbow flag. Certainly, it communicates a lot of information very quickly, so I understand that. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are a little bit over the rainbow. And so how do you, you know, focusing on storytelling, whether that's storytelling in an ad, storytelling in branded content, in a video, and social, whatever it is, that is 10 times more powerful than the rainbow. 
And to that point, it's kind of related, changing your logo to a rainbow in June, lovely. But, you know, there's a question if, if your audience hadn't seen your social media talking to this community the other 11 months of the year, then you'd be like, well, what, what, why, what are you doing? You're, you're, yeah, thank you for celebrating pride, but where are you the rest of the year? And that's, we're starting to see, and I personally think it's a little bit unwarranted, but we are beginning to see a lot of social media pushback when the logo just changes mm -hmm. and there's nothing else. Sometimes it's the right thing. And sometimes people just get frustrated because um, they really feel pandered to. So watch out for that. You could do what our agency did and we fully support all rights, but we did change in a June and we had a halo of a rainbow. And then I believe in December, it was still there because no one took it down. <laughs> <laughs> so you could go well, in that direction as well. Yes. Yeah. That's probably not a strategy. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> that was an oversight. Yeah. Yeah. But I think doing stuff throughout and then it's like, you know us, of course, we're going to celebrate pride becomes the attitude and that'll be really well received. Are there certain brands that you see that are hitting it out of the ballpark that they are just doing this so well? It's part of their ethos. It's part of their culture. Um, it is just, you know, they get it. You know, there's a little bit of up and down where you'll see different corporations doing things at different times. Mm -hmm. I do have to say Target as a retailer has done incredibly well over the years and somewhat consistently in doing amazing creative outreach to this community and trying to get out there. They've also then tried to do the pride t-shirts during June in the store. And, and people generally have reacted well, maybe not because the t-shirts are the world's best stuff, but it is, it's attached to a long history of reaching out to this community and also policies. You know, they had troubles a few years ago where they've made a lot of missteps in policy and they changed them. They changed them very publicly and at great risk. And because of those things, now the community knows, you know, that that T-shirt isn't just a T-shirt anymore. It's tied to a long list of, of work. And more recently, I mean, there's, there's so many companies doing great work, but Chevrolet has come on and done a documentary series with us called Authentic Voices of Pride. And what they set out to do is that they realized they were new to the market. Like it would be odd to see, you know, a rainbow Chevy come out of, out of the garage or something. They, they didn't say that I did, but they said, well, could we fund great work? Could we fund journalism about the topics that matter in this community to help conversations get started? And can we get people online talking about these topics? And of course it'll say presented by Chevrolet, but Chevrolet's in the in the kind of the background, not in the foreground, because they want to be known as the company that gets these conversations started. And then what that means is over time, this is their their second year of this program. Mm -hmm. And over time, they're building that credibility. That same thing I talked about with Target, Target's further along on that journey and Chevy's a couple of years in, they'll be able to start earning that credit. So when you do see the the Chevy display at your local pride, um, you'll, you'll look at it and say, you know, this is a company that's had our back for years. And I think they're doing it incredibly well. And there's, there's multiple examples of that. Um, and interestingly, in the automotive space, more and more automotive manufacturers have been doing that. Cadillac, which is also a GM brand, has. Lexus and uh, Nissan have been doing it for many years. 
Um, so it's great to see uh, that kind of movement, and we see it in the travel space with with you know with Hilton previously with Marriott. Marriott's been a little quiet lately, but uh, uh, these these companies are, you know take multi year commitments, and uh, then it allows them the benefit of the doubt when you know. Because again, everybody makes a mistake or a misstep here and there. Right. Although I have to say, I don't think any of these brands I just mentioned have, but you know, you never know, right? And I'm glad to see they're building up that credibility. So any other things that you think brands should be keeping top of mind as they're building out their strategy and their approach? I think ultimately, you know, and this is hard, uh, I think for some brands and it's hard for people in the LGBTQ community is sometimes you'll be, you know, your sheer existence is considered political. And for years, we've seen ourselves when we post things on Facebook or buy Facebook ads about our content, Facebook will flag it as political, even if it's just a profile of a really amazing human being doing some doing something. And so that is, you know, I think people are brands, some brands are afraid of that and and know that you are in some ways putting your values forward. And that will come with risks. There will be a set of people that may may shout out loud displeasure. But ultimately, like anything, you know, you have to look at, well, what is my market? What is the total addressable market? Do I have a noisy small set of folks? Or really, it, do, what is the opportunity? And the opportunity is quite large. So I think it's like anything, you know, you have to navigate it and know it. But that part of the reason why we're also we've created these spaces with queerty and LGBTQ nation and gay mm-hmm. cities in, into is there a safe place for advertisers, you know, to come and not like social media where if Chevrolet posts something on social media, they're going to get all sorts of folks commenting both ways. It's a place where you can just talk to this community relatively safely. And so if there was other things you would suggest brands to do besides coming to you, right? Because you're like, because <laughs> we're the best. <laughs> we're the best. We have ownership in the market. What are other things that they should be doing? You know, and and maybe it's even things that they could be bringing back to leverage better through your platform. So when you're saying pride, and there's all these activations, and you can get involved in festivals, or you can do pop ups and capsule collections and things along those lines. That's, that is something that someone could encapsulate and take and then create a partnership with you, unless you're already doing that for them, mm-hmm. and further leverage, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think to your point is even if they didn't come to us, you know, looking beyond Pride, there are October is LGBTQ History Month and has a lot going on with National Coming Out Day on October 11th, Spirit Day, which was a, an anti-bullying day started by a high school kid, uh, primarily focused on bullying of LGBTQ folks, but now has grown to bullying altogether. There's all these opportunities, Trans Awareness Week in November, and and throughout the year, you know, just you can look up a little calendar of things, and it, you know, maybe it's part of your social strategies just to drop a little note, celebrate you know, uh, pro- National Pronouns Day or International Lesbian Day, you can have a little bit of fun with those things. And because they're not, you know, some of that stuff is not all that serious, you know, national, I shouldn't say nothing's, nothing's not serious, but you know what I mean? Uh, you can have some fun with it. And by having some fun with it throughout the year, you also develop like, oh yeah, they're there. They, they exist. And that's even really low touch. 
And then you talked about like capsule collections or products. You can pick a couple of these touch points. Maybe it's two, maybe it's three, where you can do something around it, an activation, a product, uh, something a little bit more than just a social touch point and use it to just be an entree into something. And then I guess not the last thing, but another important thing is if you're in a local space, local LGBTQ charities often will have galas or fundraisers or events that you can get involved with for for honestly not that much money mm-hmm. that'll allow them to do their great work but in the process allow you to connect with the, that set of the community and, great, and get great content that you can repurpose across your social and continue those touch points that are feely good moments out there that are not necessarily in June this is exactly why you run the this podcast because you you've got it. That's exactly right. Well, loved having you on today. Can you share how people can find out more about Q Digital and all your media outlets and get in contact with your team and absolutely gearing up? Well, I appreciate you asking that. Yes, I mean, and we're relatively simple. It's www.q just the letter Q dot digital. There's no .com or anything, just Q.digital. And if you go there, you'll learn more about all of our brands. You'll see some of the influencers we worked with, some past examples of our work. And then, of course, a way to contact us. And we'd love to hear from you. And whether it's for a big advertising deal you want to do with us or just to reach out and get a little bit of advice, we're there for you. Well, any last parting words for our listeners today? You know, you talked about it before about people being afraid, don't be afraid to reach out to this community. I think if you come with the right spirit and the right heart, and you look at it as a long-term strategy, a long-term process, that you'll be fine because you will earn the trust of the folks you're trying to reach. Just like anything else in marketing, it's about earning trust with your potential customer till they're willing to pull their wallet out and, and have a business relationship with you. So don't be afraid. You can do it. It's going to be all right. And I think that there's, you know, you were running stats and and granted, this is a younger demographic stat where you said 40% of people under the age of 24, I think you said. 25, yeah. 25 are identifying as not straight. So if you're a brand and you're like, okay, 40%, I'm going to do the math here. 40% of the people in that younger demo that I really want to go after are identifying it's not straight. So, okay, I want their business, but mm, I might offend the other 60%. You're not going to, because there's such a massive amount of people in that 60% space that are advocates, that are allies, who are supportive, whose children, whose friends, whose parents, whomever are within the community. And so you have to stop thinking about living in fear and thinking about the bigger picture because that fear base that you're thinking about is actually much smaller than you might be considering. Uh, That is, couldn't be more true. That is absolutely. And the numbers do back it. I mean, the numbers of the folks that are younger than 25, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's well north of 80% who think that LGBTQ rights are one of the most important things that any corporation can do. Yeah. And our country is being put to a test right now with that. That's for sure. That's for sure. But it is interesting when you actually look at the humans and not the news that they're there. Not only are they supportive, but they're demanding support. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time, your thoughts. Incredibly educational. 
to all of our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Marking Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. Until then, if you have any interest in exploring opportunities across influencers and product placement and movies and TV shows and music, reach out to me and I'll connect you with our team. Look forward to chatting with you soon.